Teachers are ordained and anointed by God to correct, reprove, and instruct in righteousness. Teachers are disciples held to a higher standard and confidence. Teachers are offenders of evil because they speak God's truth. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Welcome, beautiful people, to another episode of The Teaching Prophet. I am she, she is me, Tangela L. Clayton, the master teacher, delivering lessons for the Lord. All right, we are continuing through the book of Acts. We are in chapter 26. Welcome if this is your first time. Hey, we are glad you're here. We hope that you have your Bible, your pen and paper. You hope that you've been praying, that you've been seeking the Lord and enjoying some devotional time with him so that you can rightly divide the word of truth for yourself. Because, hey, it is our job to give you the information, but you have to go back and study it. You have to go back and pray on it. You have to go back and ask God, is this what I need to hear? You know, we don't want you to just take our word for it. <clears throat> so again, have a seat, have a seat and get comfortable. Well, no, don't get comfortable. Mm-mm. Get in the learning posture, learning posture. You're not distracted by different things, bells and whistles going off around you. Uh, just, just be ready to receive. All right. Amen. Chapter 26. So for to just to remind everybody, uh, as we go through the book of Acts, we look for uh, a key audience. We, uh, ah, come on, Tangela. We focus on a specific audience, a key personality, and a few words and or phrases for each chapter so that we can hone, we can, you know, uh, streamline our learning. We're not all, we're not just throwing information out there. We got to, you know, gravity center ourselves around something that God is trying to show us, right? And so for 26, our audience is testaments. Yes, testament. A person who serves as a sign or evidence of a spiritual fact or event. A testament. A person who serves as a sign or evidence of a spiritual fact or event. All of us who's been changed by the word of God is a testament. All right. So this goes out to all of us, all of us who's been changed by the word of God, uh, our testaments. Now, how much of a testament? Some of us might be local testaments, like you are geared towards, you know, shining the light or being a light for your family, your local body of community people or believers. Some of you are city testaments. You are able to be a testament in the, your city or whichever city God takes you to, but mostly your home city, right? That you live in. Some of you may be government testament, like you are to be a testament in your government body. So you may be in the political arena. And so you might be a testament there. And, you know, it, it, the list can go on and on. Some of your national testaments, like you are on a national level to be a testament to a greater number of people. But it doesn't matter what level of testament or where God uses you. Everyone who's been changed by the word of God is a testament to God. All right. 
And our attribute, you might have heard me say the word in one of my testament example is light. Yes, light. A testament is a light. Um, the first definition of light we're going to use is to provide illumination in dark spaces. Yes, yes. You are to illuminate dark spaces. And then the second um, definition is having a considerable or sufficient amount of natural brightness, natural brightness, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the whole Trinity. You have to have a considerable or significant amount of God in his natural state. You have to have a considerable or sufficient amount of him in order to truly, truly, truly testify to his goodness, right? You can't be, uh, <laughs> God is so funny. Well, yeah, he's funny, but he's, he's just a lot of things. He's just a ball of joy. So this is what happened. So I got up this morning and I began, I just prayed. I just got in my devotion with God and just worship and pray to God. And then, uh, he, led me to Elijah and I was like, okay, Elijah and Mount Carmel. I was like, okay, well, let's go get the Bible. Let's go there. And how long will you halt between two opinions? And so as I'm giving you the definition of the second definition of light, having a considerable or sufficient amount of natural brightness, which is that natural brightness is that natural state of God that scripture came back to me because I was like, God, why you leave me here? Am I halting between two opinions? Like, what have I done? Forgive me. But you can't, you can't teeter totter between this world and that world. And that's what I mean by having a considerable or sufficient amount of natural brightness. You cannot be seesawing between the two. You got to stand for God or stand for the other people or the other person or the dark side. You stand on the light side or stand on the dark side. So that's what that mean. And thank you, Holy Spirit. I, I didn't know where you were going with that this morning. I thought you was trying to tell me I need to repent of some things, which I did. Because I was like, I don't know, but I'm just going to repent for everything. <laughs> All right. So our key words, our key words. Learn, link, live learn link live learn to be taught to teach mm -hmm. you didn't know learn means to uh to teach huh i'm gonna learn you something today yes i'm gonna teach you something today to be taught to teach to gain knowledge to give knowledge all right to gain knowledge in order to give knowledge learn link to be in connection with or a between factor of two entities. To be in connection with or a between factor of two entities. Live. To spend one's life in a particular way under particular circumstances. Yes, yes. And you live it for God. You just can't disregard the... Ten Commandments, you have to live your life a particular way under particular circumstances. All right. <clears throat> so we are getting into the word of God, Acts chapter 26. Here we go. Then, then Agrippa said to Paul, you are permitted to speak for yourself. 
So Paul stretched out his hand and answered for himself. I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things of which I am accused by the Jews, especially because you are expert in all customs and questions which have to do with the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to hear me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, which was spent from the beginning among my own nation at Jerusalem, all the Jews know. They knew me from the first, if they were willing to testify that according to the strictest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. To this promise, our 12 tribes, earnestly serving God night and day, hope to attain. For this hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused by the Jews. Why should it be thought incredible by you that God raises the dead? Indeed, I myself thought I must do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. This I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to be blasphemed and being exceedingly enraged against them. I persecuted them even to foreign cities while thus accompanied as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests at midday. O king, along the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining all around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goals. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness before the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by me, but I'm sorry, by faith in me. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent, turn to God and do works befitting repentance. For the reasons the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. Therefore, having obtained help from God, to this day I stand, witnessing both to small and great, saying no other things than those which the prophets and Moses said will come, that Jesus would suffer, that he would be the first to rise from the dead, and would proclaim light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Now, as he made the now, as he thus made his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. Much learning is driving you mad. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak the words of truth and reason. For the king, 
before whom I also speak freely, knows these things. For I'm convinced that none of these things escapes his attention. Since this thing was not done in a corner, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you do believe. Then Agrippa said to Paul, <laughs> you almost persuade me to become a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me today might become both almost and altogether such as I, except for these chains. When he had said these things, the king stood up as well as the governor and Bernice and those who sat with them. And when they had gone aside, they talked among themselves saying, this man is doing nothing deserving of death or chains. Then Agrippa said to Festus, this man might have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, 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 Paul. He almost got Agrippa. He almost got him there. Almost. All right. Testament. A person who serves as a sign or evidence of a spiritual fact or event. Light to be to provide illumination in dark spaces, having a considerable or sufficient amount of natural brightness, aka God, learn to be taught to teach, to gain knowledge in order to give knowledge, link to be in connection with or between or a between factor of two entities, live to spend one's life in a particular way under particular circumstances. Now, as I begin to, you know, go into my notes and then just write them down and continuing to, you know, say, God, okay, what we're saying here with these testaments, of course, I had to go back to Luke. I had to go back to Luke 21, 12 and 15, 12 through 15, where it says, but before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You'll be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. But it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Therefore, settle it not in your hearts to meditate beforehand on what you will say. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. I could stop right there. That was basically what just happened with Paul standing before King Agrippa. He, he, God gave him, you know, he, as I spoke before in the, in the previous lesson, when you become a Christian, when you become a believer of Christ and a follower and a pursuer of Christ, you already have your testimony. You already have the best weapon in your arsenal to go up against anybody with right you already have that and and God is saying you know don't don't meditate before what you will say because what part of that testimony that somebody need to hear they might need to hear your previous life as Paul did in this particular instance they might need a particular portion of your life but whatever part of that testimony, God will give you wisdom in that moment to, to tell it. So in this particular play, uh, moment, uh, first of all, Paul made it a happy occasion. Because in Luke, it says, you will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. 
but it will be an occasion. It will turn for you to an occasion for a testimony. Paul was happy. He was happy that he was standing before King Agrippa because this was his opportunity to tell his testimony. So it was a happy occasion. It wasn't laborious. It wasn't something that he was like, oh my God, I got to say this again. Y'all don't listen to me. Oh no, I'm happy. Come on, bring it on. I just want you to be patient with me, King Agrippa, and listen to what I have to say. Paul was excited. Chains and all. He was excited to give his testimony to the, to the audience, to the people. I'm, hey, let's do this. But what part of that testimony he was happy to give? Here it is. He was happy to give the part of it that where he grew up. He grew up under the strictest of the customs. He followed the law to the letter. He did. He he was like, listen, this is how we do this, right? To the strictest of the letter, I was raised and I performed under that. And it wasn't done outside of public eyes. It was done in the open. And the people, if they wanted to be truthful, they can testify to my character and to what I did and how I did it. If they wanted to be truthful, go back and ask them people. Who was Paul before Paul? Because you remember my name was Saul. My name was Saul. It wasn't Paul. So who was Saul before Paul? Go ask some people and they'll tell you, right? They'll tell you that. That's wisdom. That's the wisdom that God was talking about. I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. That's wisdom to know. I need to remind you guys that before I was Paul, I was Saul. That's <laughs> before I was Paul, I was Saul and Saul. I persecuted them. I've chased them even to foreign lands. I locked the Christians up. I was consenting unto their death. I co-signed their the lies. I black. I made them blaspheme. I did everything I could. To the letter of the law, to the letter of the custom, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. Paul had to remind them on that particular <clears throat> part of his testimony. That is that wisdom. That is that wisdom, right? Then he said, you know, after my conversion, the Lord told me, um, you're going to, you're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to suffer. You're going to go to the Jews. You're going to go to the Gentiles. You're going to be a witness for me. You're going to be a testament for me in these particular parts <clears throat> of the world. You're going to be a witness. And he said, and for that, I was not disobedient to the vision of God. And because of my faithfulness and because of that very thing, that's why I'm standing before you today. Because of that very thing, that's why I'm standing before you today. The wisdom of God, of, of Paul's testimony and how to rightly divide which part of the testimony that was so God inspired. It was so God led because they didn't need to hear 
about his troubles in the other land. They didn't need to hear about people coming after them in other foreign lands and trying to kill him because that might have added to his plight. No, he needed to know what part of it, as my grandmother would say, you got to eat the meat and spit out the bone or the fat or, you know, what part of your testimony are you supposed to give? What part? You are a testament, but do they need to hear all your testimony? Mm -mm. They need to hear what they need to hear in order to get them to where they need to be in God. So Paul began to emphasize that Jesus suffering death and resurrection was in line with Old Testament writings. So my life wasn't done, wasn't hitting in the dark. I did everything to the strictest of the letter of the law, Paul says. But also Jesus's life, uh, suffering death and resurrection was in line with the Old Testament, right? It wasn't done in a corner. <laughs> And Paul played to this on Kings Agrippa's Jewish side. He linked his acceptance. You accept the prophets. Why don't you accept Jesus? He was trying to provide that link for him. That, that go between, hey, you believe the prophets. Why don't you believe that Jesus can, you know, can be raised from the dead? It said he would. Come on now. It said he would. And I'm telling you here now, I am linking it to what's going on now. It happened. I I'm a witness to the fact that Jesus was rose from the dead. I've learned that the hard way. So now I'm telling you, I'm, I'm learning you because I've learned the hard way. I had to be knocked off my horse with a, with, a, with a great light. I was knocked off my horse and I'm trying to tell you it happened. So why not? You, why can't you believe it? Why can't you believe it? Festus thought Paul was mad. But Paul, you're mad. Come on now. Much learning has gone, is driving you crazy. He's like, I ain't mad. Because I have the wisdom to know that that King Agrippa know this. He know, he saw, he know the customs. He know what was written. And he know what happened. So why is it far-fetched for them to believe? Paul allowed the light of Jesus to sign through him in order to deliver his, that dynamic testimony, which Agrippa was like, you almost, you almost, you almost got me. You, Paul, you almost got me. Oh Lord, Jesus. <laughs> he almost, it's, it's such an amazing thing. Your testimony, your testimony is such an amazing thing. So I remember one time I had been, yeah, I've been preaching for a little minute. Well, I don't preach. I don't consider myself a preacher. I consider myself a teacher because I feel like all that hollering and holding your ear and act like you can't breathe and having an asthma attack. Just, I, that's just not in me. I'm just a, listen, it is, it ain't. You want that hooping and that hollering. And my cousin who, who does it very well, uh, he can, you know, he can, he can go with the best of them and I, I forget what his key is, but he can go with the best of them. And, and Hey, that's your thing. My thing is not that. And I, and because my testimony and the way God has allowed me to live my life a particular way under particular circumstances, I, uh, that, that growling and stuff. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm sorry. Just not going to get that from me. Right. 
So I, you know, have been teaching, you know, before the people for a little minute. And then I went to another particular, uh, God moved me from one church to another. Um, and so I'm at this church and, uh, this church doesn't believe women to lead. And I'm like, okay, now why are we here? Cause Lord, you know, I got a, uh, I got a very, in that instance, a rebellious spirit. They tell me, um, I don't listen well. I, that's what they told me, but I just believe that God said he was going to pour out on his flesh on all spirits. Why are y'all still trying to be in this caveman situation of women shouldn't be up front and all of that, man, kill the noise. If he speak through a child, listen, that's all I say. If it's the truth, listen, but Hey, whatever. So I'm there and I'm like, okay, God, uh, what is it? So at first they had me to be the secretary and I was like, okay. And when I got up and I did that, they were like, oh my gosh, you spoke so eloquently and you did this and you knew this and this is child's play <laughs> you know I pretty much was like this child's play I don't know what y'all whatever so um ooh, excuse me so uh one of the head evangelists uh was like I I hear something in you and you, you know can you be on evangelist team have you and I was like you know and then you you tell her what you've been doing you tell her your testimony you're like oh so you 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 preach you've been preaching yeah you know a little bit you know I do a little something so um, she was like, yeah, we're going to um, talk to the bishop. We're going to, you know, do, do, do. So I get on the team, and um, this one elder did not like me. His demons did not like the spirit of God in me. So uh, my very first Sunday, it was for me to to preach because they only let women preach on a certain day. Yeah, that type of church. But anyways, so it was my very first Sunday to preach, and uh, I get up there and I just, I just had to, God had to give them, allowed me to give them a portion of my testimony. I got a testimony. Now listen, it, it'll all come out like at various times on this podcast and maybe one day I'll sit down. I don't think I can sit down and tell it. I've really, from the day I was born, have a testimony. I truly it, it it amazed me the things myself that I've gone through and survived, right? But I only told a bit of it. I only told a little bit of that testimony. The, you know, wisdom. It was only a little bit of that testimony that I told to the congregation. This elder that didn't like me, he, he's big. He was big on don't walk doing the word. Do not walk doing the word. Try to be minimized to walking. Oh, he walked. He was in and out the door. He was doing everything he can not to sit still and listen and, you know, support me and support the ministry. He was distractive. Very. So then the next following Sunday, he gets up and he, uh, I guess he was calling himself rebuking me saying that I don't, you know, you don't need to tell all your testimony and you don't need to be doing this. And he just, but he would never say anything to me. He was just, I'm not, I'm just, I ain't talking about nobody. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. And my, my God sister looked at me and she was like, yeah, he talking about you. Oh, I know it was evident. It was evident. It was all over his face. I, I told that story to say this. You, that's your testimony. That's your testimony. Don't ever let anybody feel, make you feel like you are not to tell your testimony. 
They haven't walked in your shoes. They haven't gone through that fire. They have not experienced what you have experienced and is not able to tell the story like you are able to tell the story. That is one thing I've learned as a testament to God. People can debate the word. People can debate the Bible. People can debate a lot of things, but they cannot debate your testimony. They can't. Now, I'm I'm not saying now there are people, thank you God for, you know, leading me this way. There are people that that lie about what they've been through. There are people that lie about, you know, for various reasons. You can tell those people. I I'm sorry. You can you know when somebody open their mouth and they lie. It just doesn't make sense. Versus wow, I, that just seems <sighs> I want to say this, you know, how somebody tell you something and you be like, that's, mm, that don't make sense. Like how did you start questioning it as if you are detective, right? That's what I'm trying to get in. You're questioning their testimony as if it was, you were a detective, like something in you like, nah, <laughs> but then there's a, wow. Oh my gosh. There's the other side of that. Wow. Where the elements and the story is so seamless and so believable, even though the elements of the story may be shocking, may be like, I, I, I don't know how you did this. And people say, I, I don't know how you went through that. Like that part of the while, you know, that that person is honest and genuine. True. True. Paul was on that part of the while to the fact that Agrippa was like, man, you almost got me. You almost got me because there are points in his story that Agrippa knew for a fact. He knew those facts. And so as a testament, you have to live your life according to your testament. You have to live it. I remember I was ashamed of my past. I was ashamed of, you know, like the fights I used to have and the things I got into. And when I told a young lady that, you know, Hey, she said, you don't look like you were hurt or fly. I don't. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. <laughs> she was like, Oh my God, I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe it. If somebody told me that you were, you know, that type of person, I was like, yeah, I'm telling you I was. I was that type of person. I didn't argue with people. What I'm arguing with you for? We can, we got hands. We need to throw them. You know, we, there's a weapon around me. I need to use it. <laughs> and she was like, you don't look like that type of person. That is the testament unto the change that God had made in my life. Now I'm free. I'll tell you, because I, I had to learn to reconcile that part of me. Paul reconciled that part of him and now he uses it as a testament to tell others. Now, listen, just as hard as I went for the devil, as hard as I'm going for God, as much as I fought on that side of my life because I had to fight and because it, I was put in situations where I could not over. I just just had to claw my way out of some stuff. I'm clawing my way into God. I'm fighting. And when I tell you I fight to make sure that I keep my faith in God, the enemy doesn't want me, Paul, the people out there that is that that had a that not had have a genuine heart for God and his ministry and his and his people and would that all would come into repentance. 
Because Paul said, I would that every last one of y'all would be like me, except for the chains. Except for the chains. I would that all y'all would be like me. I'm telling you, the enemy fights against us. But our testimony, because we live our life according to our testimony, is strong. And they know if we tell that, Whichever part of the testimony God tells you or God allows you to speak to somebody or an audience of people because that wisdom, that wisdom, right? Because the part of the testimony that I told the congregation that day, they could handle that. They were able to handle that. And it was in line with what God was speaking and what God was saying. You have to know what part of your testimony. And I guess that's what God is wanting you to hear today. What part of your testimony you need to teach or learn somebody? What part do you, because you're the link. You're the link to their salvation at that moment. You're the seed. Maybe you're planting it or maybe you're watering it. But you are a link in that person's life to the entity of God. So the entity of that person or that group, you are the link to them seeing God because as the old folks would say some people will never go to church and you will be the only Bible they read what would they find on the pages what will they find on the pages of your life Paul would have been set free but God need him to be in Rome let's not forget about it like oh they could set him free no God need him in Rome because God told him you will be a testament. You're going to give your testimony. You're going to, you're going to talk. You're going to show those folks. You're going to be that light in Rome. I need you to be in Rome. Wherever God's telling you to go, wherever God's saying you need to be, he wants to make sure that you give that testimony. He'll tell you what part he'll give you the wisdom and the mouth. He'll give you the scriptures. He'll give you all of that when you get there. He just needs you to be there. So again, everybody is a testament. It's just what part of your story must you tell? He that has an ear, let him hear. We've hoped you've been blessed by another episode of The Teaching Prophet. Don't forget to like, share, and or comment on whichever platform you are listening. We pray you tune in next time. God bless.